Hi, I'm the Reverend Dr. Death. And I'm La Yarena. And this is Death Holler News. Welcome back to Death Holler News. I'm your news anchor, the Reverend Dr. Death, and joining me very spirit box is La Yarena. First up in local... Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> Awkward. Awkward silence. Yeah. Uh, first up in local news, uh, three fishermen have gone missing in the vicinity of Quentin's Folly. Uh, according to the men's families, they were on their way to do battle with the area's legendary catfish, Old Greg. A fish so large it is said it could give Jonah's well a run for its money. Uh, many assume the poor men met the fate of all those foolhardy enough to venture into old Greg's lair, but uh, rescue teams continue their searches. Perhaps the most foreboding takeaway from all of this was given by doomsayer and uh, resident crazy old hermit Earl McCreary when he said, Some people go to church to pray to God. Others go fishing and meet him. Wow, Earl. Just way to keep it creepy, man. <sighs> All right, on. This is some backwoods stuff I cannot relate to. <laughs> Not out here in the burning hells of California. <laughs> that kind of thing doesn't happen out in your area much, huh? Don't think so, no. <laughs> uh, it happens all the time around here. Usually a couple times a month. On to. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just started cracking up. <laughs> I almost spit out my coffee. Oh, on to the main news before we uh, start throwing up coffee here. Uh, from Collider, Robert Eggers and star Anya Taylor-Joy are teaming up again to give us a remake of the 1922 classic horror film Nosferatu. The project has been in the works since the release of Vivich, but was put on hold so the Eggers can make The Lighthouse starring Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. And uh, he has an upcoming film, The Northman, with Nicole Kidman, uh, Willem Dafoe, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, and Alexander Skarsgård, that one guy who uh, played uh, the Pennywise the Clown in the new It movies. Yes. This movie that's coming up, The, the, the Northman, is kind of another period piece uh, from Eggers. It's, uh, it's where a Viking prince, Skarsgård, uh, is seeking revenge for the death of his father. Sounds very good to me. I, I'm really looking forward to that one. But uh, yeah. Nosferatu, it's, that's going to be really interesting to see uh, you know, Anya and, and Eggers team up again for that. I, I don't know how, what route they're going to go or what she's going to play in particular in that movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I want to be excited for Nosferatu, but that is, I mean, when you talk about cult classic, kids today are going to think something you know, from the 2000s, and we're like, no, this is a cult classic right here. I mean, it's, it's obviously the original is nothing super crazy exciting, but it was one of the best things back then. It was terrifying for people. And it's uh, it's still super creepy. I don't creepy. know what they're going to do with it. Yeah. It, well, yeah, obviously. I don't know what to make of it, honestly. Well, and they, they've already remade the movie once. It was in the 70s. I don't remember the exact date, but there was another, uh, I think Werner Herzog uh, made a version of the, another version of Nosferatu. Both of these films we'll probably be reviewing in our vampire season. I mean, they're classics, but it, it's just going to be interesting to see what Eggers comes up with. Yeah, interesting, for sure. 
Um, also from Collider, uh, Scream Factory is taking pre-orders on a new 4K version of Krampus, uh, the Dordery <laughs> film, not the knockoff pieces of shit that we kind of talked about in our previous episode. Um, this is dubbed the Naughty Cut, um, <laughs> and it's uh, Doherty's own director's cut of the film, restored footage and extended runtime. Current price is $36.99, and a limited number of pre-orders come with an 18 by 24 inch rolled poster with newly commissioned artwork that will also be the cover of the 4K box. Um, current expected release date has been pushed back a bit. Uh, it was originally set to come out in November, but now it's December 7th because they are giving Doherty more time to uh, find more extra features to put on the disc. So that's going to be even better when it does come out. Yeah, I say why not? And, you know, the most tempting thing, I mean, obviously we enjoyed the movie. The most tempting thing is going to be that poster. My kids would love that. It's it's really uh, well done artwork. It's I mean, if you've seen any Scream Factory stuff, it's it's um, it's along the lines of some of their best. And so I'm I'm looking forward to it. I I want to see what he adds to it. You know, we had the discussion when we made the the episode about how he made the film for oriented toward children, but it sounds like he's going the other route with this director's version and totally delving into darker areas if he's calling it the naughty cut. So I, I'm interested to see if he goes away from the the PG-13 and and hits a hard R in this one, you know, with like just death scenes or whatever he does. That will be kind of cool. Honestly, the naughty cut at first, I was like, okay, Reverend, I'm not trying to see any Krampus ween anytime soon. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to be like you. <laughs> no, no, you, yeah, you get to see that in Sleigh Bells if you want to see that, everybody. Yes, but I figured the naughty cut would probably be either the kids or maybe people being maybe worse or I don't know. I don't know what to make of the naughty you know, cut, so I definitely going to watch this. I, I don't know if he ever filmed any of this, but my hope is that we see more of the chaos that happened to the neighbors, you know, because... Uh, yeah, because they kind of just disappear yeah, into the abyss. And I mean, it's it's creepy, and it works well for the movie, don't get me wrong, the fact that we see the after effects, but we really don't know what happened to them, but if they're, I mean, it, but it would just be fun, just kind of have that little extra bit in there. I concur. So anyways, check out Scream Factory for further details, and they might push it back again, but I mean, it, it's fine if they do, because we get more stuff if that happens. Uh, yeah, I appreciate them taking their time and doing it right. Exactly. Um, from Showbiz, uh, Cheat Sheet, uh, horror movie star uh, Vera Farminga, uh, known as Lorraine Warren to most people, and also Norma Bates from the, you know, the Bates Motel TV series. Uh, reportedly warned her sister, Tysa, about the necessity of not taking home your work when you, or literally or figuratively, when you work on horror films. Um, according to the article, the actress, you know, as we said, who's played those parts, uh, has had paranormal uh, phenomena follow her home from the set. Um, she credits this to the many hours of delving into demonology research for the role of Lorraine Warren, as well as the dark subject matter she spent uh, acting out all this dark, you know, uh, business. Uh, Vera told MTV UK that she actually thinks her home bathroom is haunted as a result of playing Lorraine, but that because of the role, she feels comfortable binding the spirit uh, should it be of evil intent. Uh, but she did express fear that her sister was not ex experienced with dealing with such dark energies, and hence the warning. Wait, wait, wait. We're going to not just breeze over this. Did you say she believes her bathroom is haunted? That is exactly what she told him. 
<laughs> so was she on the toilet reading her script? What was going on that just the bathroom is allegedly haunted? Uh, I think in the article she mentioned something about things are always like moving. Uh, she's heard like, you know, all kinds of sounds in there. It's just like, you know, just kind of like the uh, oppression section of like, you know, of, of like a demon, you know, possession or something like that. You know, like the stuff that leads into it, like the weird, creepy sounds and, and all that sort of thing. Well, I mean, no place better than the bathroom to expel your demons if you get what I'm saying. So, you know. Way to say that right whenever I'm taking a sip of water. That was great. That, that... <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to spit all over our recording equipment. It's yeah. going to happen, this new segment. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> Back to you, Reverend. <laughs> Uh, but do you have anything else to say about that? Uh, you know, I think it's kind of interesting that she actually believes in, in the stuff that she uh, plays in movies. I think that's wonderful. I mean, to really get into it now, I know that can be scary for a lot of people. I think delving into anything kind of on the darker side of things, spirituality, I think it really can affect you negatively. I mean, not even in horror films, but look at how playing the Joker affected Heath Ledger. You hear about things like that. It really can get to you. So I think it was honestly good advice. Um, I think it's kind of cool to have that kind of superstition. And it shows that she kind of really believes in what she's doing. She's playing a real-life character. Um, not so much Tysa, but Vera is playing a real-life character that I do believe had to deal with real-life stuff that she had a talent, maybe a gift, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, she would be... She's really into it, it sounds like. Yeah, I, I thought that was the, the neatest part of this whole article. I mean, it's, it's you know, one thing just to give your little sister advice on how to act or whatever, but she's just that right, like, you better not take this crap home because there is evil out there. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> and you know what? Just to give everyone a laugh out there, I don't know why I never pieced this together, that Tysa and Vera were sisters. <laughs> I mean, they, they look like each other. Yeah. Their acting is very similar, probably because their facial features, you know, they have the same kind. And they're both in the horror genre. So <laughs> why I didn't realize, oh, my God, these are both sisters, that's pretty funny. And they actually started, well, I mean, in a roundabout way, they star in the same universe because Tysa recently was in The Nun, I mean, which is part of the Conjuring universe now. So Yes. Oh, my God. I love that movie. Loved and hated that movie. Uh, yeah, there was parts of it that, well, I mean, we're not going to review of it, but there's parts of it that are kind of cheesily done, but I, they, I, it's a lot better movie than people give it credit for, I think. So, Yeah, well, if it scared my little hellion, uh, <laughs> or it puts a little bit of fear in her, it had to have been a good movie, because there is very little out there that will scare that one. Uh, especially in that movie, the, the scenes with the cemetery and stuff. I thought they did a really good job with those. Oh my God, that was one of the best scenes. Okay, we got to get out of this because we're gonna we're gonna go on a rant that we don't have time for when it comes to the news. Yeah, that's 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 a true point. <laughs> so next up from Scream Rant, uh, Screen Rant, uh, Hellraiser Eleven. Yes, I said eleven. One one. Eleven has begun filming in Serbia. Now, while there are rumors that Clive Barker, who wrote the original story on which Hellraiser is based, is still involved with the series and is trying to get both another film and an HBO Max series off the ground, it seems that a remake directed by David Bruckner is actually going ahead in production instead. Uh, the story for the new movie was written by David S. Goyer and will reportedly feature a gender-swapped pinhead. For what reason, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, that's, you know... 
par for the course now. But uh, they're supposedly going back to the original material and basing it off of the Hellbound Heart, the the story that actually you know uh, led into Hellraiser, the original movie. So it's interesting they're going back to the source material. I just don't know what they're going to do otherwise with the remake. Mm, you know, I'm getting I'm getting tired of the remakes. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's. Some of them are good. I'm going to give them that, and obviously we're going to watch them. I just, where's the creativity? I feel like there's no creativity, that we have to take someone's amazing idea, and we know Clive Barker as a filmmaker and as an author is amazing. Yes. So what? where's everyone else's ideas? Does nobody else have an imagination anymore? What have we done? Well, I mean, in this situation, it's it's a double-edged sword because, I mean, you're, you know, both of them, uh, you, you either got a situation where Clive Barker's just adding on another, you know, sequel. I mean, and sequels are kind of bereft of creativity a lot of times. And, I mean, and then you got a remake, which is even worse because it's the same story usually, just done in a slightly different way. It's the biggest reason is, and we all know this, it's just, it's easy for, you know, Hollywood money types to sit there and say, okay, this done well in the past. Let's just throw some money at it. We'll get, you know, get a good return as long as we don't go over budget. And uh, it's a known, you know, quantity. We don't have to worry about it being like this fresh new thing. So that's the reason really they do it. But it's, I'm with you. I I, I would like to see new stories at this point. Yeah. um, My next question. Oh, I don't, I didn't really have a question before, but I have a question now. Is this going to be a sexy Hellraiser (laughs) since they're changing him to a her. <laughs> well, I mean, depending upon what you're into, some people claim that the first couple of movies are, are that way, because, I mean, that Clive Barker put a lot of BDSM in those movies, so... Yes, he did. <laughs> so it just depends. But yeah, they it, they could totally go a different route with it and make it, you know, less about the, the bloody, you know, and just focus on more of the, you know, the domination, you know, stuff that they did in the movie. It just, I don't know, it, it, it could go that way, though, for real. I mean, I could see it being pretty scary when you have an angry woman, like a lot of angst, a lot of anxiety, uh, pins just irritating her all day. Don't piss off a woman like that all day and give her an eternity of damnation. Um, I pity the fool who has to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, she she will make you suffer uh, quite a bit more probably than Pinhead ever would, so... Probably just a lot of banter. Like, I really just think it's funny how you can just go about your day while I'm sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how the movie turns out. I don't know. I mean, I'm when I heard 11, I was like, you, uh, Urania, whenever I sent it to you, I'm like, yep, that's how many we've done so far. There was even one in space. So that's. Yeah, how- I think I've seen Hellraiser 1. Um, And that's the extent of it. I just re- a funny thing was is I'd only ever saw one and then recently I watched two and it actually it's a really good sequel. So if you've never seen part two, that's a good watch for Halloween because it does uh, it kind of expands on the first movie in in interesting ways and I, I really like what they did with it. Yeah, I do recall part one having a lot of the BDSM like you had mentioned. Um, it's very vague. I'm going to have to rewatch it. The problem is, is I don't know that it's appropriate for at least, I know for at least one of the kids it's not. The other, she's teetering on that. Do we let her start experiencing stuff like this or not? And it's very hard to watch horror films without the kids there. They really want to see all the horror films 
great for right. them, but not so great for mom, who has to be a mom every now and then. Yeah, and and that movie's really hard, like I said, because you got the sexual undertones of whether or not mm-hmm. you you want to. It's like, do I really want to mess my kid up that way? I mean, on top. I of was the, also a kid when I watched this. So, <laughs> how old were you? Do you remember? Oh, I don't. I don't. I think I was a teenager, honestly, when I saw okay. Hellraiser, because I don't. Pinhead was not one of those slasher types that you know stood out. It was always like you know, of course. There's a storyline to it. Yeah, there's a deep storyline to Hellraiser. And and actually, if you you know, Pinhead's actually more of a sympathetic character than any of yes. the other slashers. I do remember that. I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm like, why do I remember him? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So moving on to uh, the next story from CBR.com. Uh, there's a bit of troubling news for fans of the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And no, we're not talking about Joss Whedon this time. No. Uh, the actor Nicholas Brendan, who played Xander Harris, was recently unable to complete a press tour for his new Netflix film due to intense pain from a spinal injury that was aggravated by a recent arrest. Oh. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't be laughing, but... <laughs> yeah, so... Nicholas Brendan has went through, according to the story, a number of arrests due to thefts and uh, trafficking in uh, narcotics or other drugs. And well, goddamn, yeah, and uh, he was busted this time uh, for drug fraud and uh, pro violations. And um, it was because he was arrested and spent time in jail, supposedly, that it's that's worsened his already existing compressed spine or the condition that he already had because uh, his agents claiming that where they forced him to sleep on the concrete floor, uh, that worsened his back to the point that now he can't even walk hardly. It's 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 gotten that bad for him. So Oh, that poor baby. <laughs> that's kinda of what I thought when I read it. What um, was he? He had a spinal injury that was aggravated by police brutality. I'm surprised that wasn't the name of the article. Yeah, it could have went that route, uh, but thankfully they didn't put it that way. But yeah, I just, it, it, it sucks for me because this is kind of a personal story, but years ago, uh, my father-in-law passed away and we happened to go to a convention shortly thereafter. And my wife really wasn't feeling it for obvious reasons. And the only thing that kind of brightened her day was the fact that Xander, you know, or Nicholas Brendan went out of his way to be extra nice to both of us. And, and I, and you know, so I, you know, I feel bad reading this story just because of that, because he really was, he was the nicest person at that convention. So I had, and that's hard to find. It is. And I mean, I really hate that he is going through, I mean, that he has gotten himself into this situation. I mean, it's, you know, anytime you, you know, hear about somebody who's, you know, gotten themselves hooked on drugs or into any of this nonsense with them. It, it's just bad that, you know, he's his life has took that trajectory, you know, trajectory. So he is like, he has taken the rough life, man. He is hitting the streets like fucking trafficking drugs. Holy shit. Yeah. And uh, he was a. Uh, 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 Fred, or a friend from the Scooby Gang, would uh would like it would be interesting to know that he was arrested in Indiana of all places. So oh. there you go. <laughs> There's but, a shout out. Yep, there you go. Uh, but I don't know. I I just I I hope the guy you know cleans his act up. That's all I can say. I mean, he you know he he treated us well. I just I you know I, it, it sucks for everybody involved. I he's he's screwing over other people. He's not helping himself. Just 
get get your crap together, Nicholas. That's that's all I can say. Make good choices. <laughs> exactly. And lastly, because uh, there's not many news stories this episode, uh, from Screen Rant, uh, American Horror Story Season 10, uh, the Red Tide portion in particular, is actually based upon a true story. Wait, say that again? The re- Wait, American? did you say American Horror Story? Yes. Red Tide? That's the name of the first half of the season or whatever they're doing because they're doing the double feature this time. Okay. It's actually based upon a true story. Uh, what? Uh, Anton Charles Tony, to his friends, if he has such a thing or had such, Costa it was a New England serial killer, most infam- infamously known as the Cape Cod Vampire. And he had the notable signature of leaving bite marks on his victims. Next. Fucking weirdo. Uh, <laughs> he was uh, suspected of killing eight women in the Massachusetts town of Truro, which is actually referenced in the newest season of the of American Horror Story. And the connection doesn't end there. He The scenes of the bloody body parts washing up on shore were actually kind of a pseudo tie-in to the fact that uh, the gruesome fact that body parts were found on his property. That's how they kind of caught him because he just chopped up the body parts and like, you know, tossed them wherever on his property. Okay. <laughs> and the biggest tie-in to me is the fact that the black pill that they use on the show is a tie-in to the fact that several of the murders he committed were supposedly while he was high on LSD and dilaudid. Oh, my God. <laughs> um. And and furthermore, the last little bit of connection that they had in this Screen Rant article was the fact was the the thing that it's rumored he is buried in an unmarked grave in Provincetown, which is the place where Red Tide is, uh, takes place. And there's a speculation that the first time you see those Nosferatu vampire types standing over a tombstone, it's you know uh, the Cape Cod killer or Cape Cod vampire's gravestone that they're standing over. Wow, I'm actually impressed. The amount of detail that has been picked out of this, or I should say placed into making this, is, that's really cool, actually. The, the thing I want to know is, like, other than horror film nerds like you and I, who's going to notice this? I, absolutely nobody, but... Uh... Ah! The the you know the guy who makes the series I mean it's he does it for himself. They said that um, Murder House actually had a lot of you know with the Black Dahlia and all that had a lot of real world you know work in. So he he likes oh, it did yeah yeah. So he he likes doing that across the series. I mean, but this one in particular sounds like he went more toward you know uh, he was inspired more heavily by real world uh, events. Yeah, and that's I mean I kudos to that. I love that actually. Yeah, I, I thought it was a, a pretty neat when I was reading it. I was like, this is crazy. I, there's no way that I would have expected this. Because the, the new season, for anybody that knows, it, it will, you know, I'm going to go into it a little bit more as a pseudo-review in the actual next episode of Death Holler. But uh, I, it's, I, I love this new season. And, and, and as far out there as they've made the season, it, when I read that it was actually based on something real, I was like, there's no fucking way. <laughs> there's no way that this is based on anything real. But it is. Yeah, I mean, goddamn. <laughs> uh, you're reading all this, and I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is stuff that if he or if you had never mentioned anything, and I didn't read any kind of article that, you know, he makes reference to any of this, I would watch that show, and then I'd be listening to some random podcast at work, praying that my Bluetooth doesn't give out, and all of a sudden people start hearing me listening to some 
crazy ass shit. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh my God, I feel, where have I seen this? And I wouldn't be able to connect the two because I forget shit so easily. That's, yeah, I mean, it, it's, I don't know, it's it's absolutely insane, but I mean, it, it's kind of true crime stuff that now I, I want to actually listen to like a podcast dedicated to the, the you know, Cape Cod vampire and kind of see more about what happened there. Yeah, I'm over here taking notes. I'm like, okay, Cape Cod. <laughs> and yeah, I'm going to look that up for sure. Um, But do you have anything else that you'd like to add, Urena? No, news related, I do not, because I am never prepared like that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, everybody, that's it for the news, but stay tuned for the weather, especially if you live near Crowley Bottoms. Torrential downpours are expected to continue and will create even more of those sinkholes that folks are saying belch forth sulfur and the welling of the damned. If you're a resident, it is highly recommended you leave the area as soon as you can help it. Hell pit. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Later. If you enjoyed this episode of Death Holler News, please look out for our next episode where we review the prophecy. Death Holler is produced by Los Diablos Blancos Network with your hosts, the Reverend Dr. Death and La Yarena. Please like, subscribe, follow, and share. We can be found on most major podcast listening apps. We hope to catch you next time. And don't forget to bring your death certificate.